When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's T. Frank. We are breaking down Penn State and Ohio State the Monday after, once all of the dust has settled, uh, but none of the emotion has. We're going to be discussing what happened in the game, how everything played out, and our thoughts of the big picture view of Penn State versus Ohio State coming out of uh, that game as the Nittany Lions are 6-2. and two. Join us on the BWI Daily Edition. Oh, and happy Halloween, by the way. Happy Halloween to you as well. I see you didn't join me in dressing up. Um, you kind of left me hanging out on a limb here. Um, but, Who, are, uh, you, are you Kobe? No. Um, see, when you're a dad, you always have to have one costume like that you can go to in a pinch. And so this Vladi Divac uh, jersey uh, has come in very handy for me that I bought about five or six years ago. Goes with the rest of the ensemble. And, uh, you know, I'm taller than everyone so it kind of kind of works so i'll go to that when i'm in a pinch like uh we weren't really expecting to record we're also not live um by the way i don't know yeah. i know you're gonna mention that but uh trick-or-treating tonight so gotta get ready for that but uh yeah it's uh it's what i go to in a pinch and uh like i said it works works with everything else yeah so today with halloween and uh both of our stars of the monday show having families and children uh we are recorded today we're pre-recorded so if you're watching uh the show and you're used to the monday live show we are going live but this time it'll be on thursday previewing indiana but i still wanted to make sure even on halloween we get a reaction to uh the ohio state game because there's obviously a lot of feelings coming out of the game and uh we wanted to get uh you know give you a space in the chat at the very least to discuss all these things i uh, i don't have kids and uh i apparently have zero uh, spirit when it comes to the holidays. So yeah, you're right. I, I put on a sweater because I, I didn't have any creativity in me, but I do have a lot of thoughts about Penn State football. What you mentioned talent, just getting right into it. You mentioned talent a lot after the game in your analysis of uh, what happened. Do you still feel like it was the talent gap that took over in this game? that Penn State was neck and neck with the second best team in the country. And then ultimately you know, that 28 point barrage. Is that still how you feel about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty solid on that because I felt that going into it. And it's, and it's not only talent gap, it's also the depth gap. I mean, you look at uh, Penn or Ohio State loses its top running back, replaces him with the number one running back in the country from the class of 2021. So you've got depth on depth. And kind of what, what I said last week on the podcast was they can wear you down at every position and you know you might be strong at certain spots but they can wear you down at every position and then pull away in the fourth quarter i didn't see that coming that uh, 28 points uh you know turnovers obviously helped that but 28 points in the fourth quarter that was not all talent that was not all depth but you just you have the i just keep going back to the margin of error that penn state had uh that that ohio state really didn't need to deal with because they have talent at every position and it comes down back to the quarterback position. Um, I think we're going to be in an agreement that Sean Clifford could have played better, but was not the ultimate reason why Penn State lost this game. Um, you know, it, it 
it's tough to pin it on one guy, one coaching yeah. uh, move, one something like that. But Clifford, as usual, better than I think Penn State fans will give him credit for, but also not good enough. I mean, it's okay to say both of those things. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really where you keep coming back to. And in key spots, I mean, C.J. Stroud, we're, we're, I don't want to spend the whole podcast fawning over Ohio State because that's not why we're here. But C.J. Stroud, you thought he was having a, a normal average game. And you look up, he's got 354 yards and he's putting the yeah. ball where he needs to put it. Um, yeah. Penn State did some did get some pressure on him and, and caused him to make a couple of mistakes, but they weren't the ones that Penn State could turn into um, points ultimately and unfortunately came up short in that. So, so yes, talent, yes, depth, um, and, and yes, timely plays. And, and, and you can beat a team, you know, they proved this week, you can beat a team for three quarters and it doesn't matter if you can't finish them out. Um, and, and that's really what's unfortunate. Penn State's going to look at this film and be, they're going to kick themselves. I mean, it, yeah. obviously it, it ended a 13 point game, but they're going to kick themselves for some of those mistakes that they made along the way. And you, you're going to think a lot uh, in, in this offseason about how, you know, this 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 was there for the taking and, and it got away from you. Yeah. And it goes back to me talking about depth and talent to the game plan, like the actual plan coming in. It was clear that Penn State did not want to put Sean Clifford in a position where he had to throw the football down the field. They knew what was going to happen when that happened. And uh, screens were a huge part of this game. Play action, RPO, read option, all the deception you could possibly have to try and get people going one way and then go the other. For the offense, that was all a part of it. And and my film study coming up this week, hopefully we'll have a up by the time that uh, this show airs, but Monday's pretty busy. Hopefully we'll have that so you can kind of see some of those things. But then on the defensive side of the ball, it was tricking Ohio State into doing the thing you wanted them to do, which was run the football on first down. So Penn State came in, they executed those game plans, which really were all about Ohio State's talent. And they were in it into the third quarter. And then Ohio State hit the gas. They, you know, especially offensively, they pushed the issue and then Penn State had to respond. They had to go get points late in the game. And that means you had to throw the football. And we all saw the result of that. So to me, like when we talk about this and I know that coaching is always going to be the first thing you blame after the quarterback is look how terrible the coaching is. James Franklin and his staff give up another fourth quarter lead. They were trying to avoid this. They were trying to avoid exactly what happened. But as you pointed out, the, you know, that depth came and took over. That's that's my read of the situation. Do you think that that's a fair um, criticism that another fourth quarter lead for Penn State evaporates in a flash, and here they are losing to Ohio State when they should have won the game? I think I, I think there's elements of that, but I, I, the the phrase that caught me where is when you said that that's what they were coaching, you know, not to let them do that. And but but Penn State didn't coach scared on Saturday. They didn't coach. They didn't go into a shell or anything like that. They yeah, they had fair. some nice plays. They use the middle of the field at times as, you know, a Keandre Lambert Smith touchdown was a really good one. Um, but so, so I don't think that they can, you can look at that and say they went into a shell, you know, they, it's not like they had a four minute offense where they needed to grind and then they got a three and out or something like that. Um, you know, those, those turnovers are ultimately going to be what hinges on everything in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I like the schemes. I think they out schemed Ohio state on both sides of the ball. Manny Diaz yep. in the first half was that, I mean, that was a masterpiece in the first half. Um, and you've just got uh, so many questions and, and then you've got the talent for Ohio state to overcome it with, with kind of Herculean individual effort from JT. I mean, that, that it was an alien on Saturday. <laughs> right? it was unbelievable. You understand that when you've got Will Fry's blocking Chase Young, you're probably not going to win that battle. This yep. was even more of a mismatch with JT going against Bryce Effner, who, you know, 
you, you, you kind of tip your hat to him and say good effort, but at the same time, it just wasn't good enough. And I think that's indicative of that talent gap is yep. that, that you've got so many guys that can step up on Ohio state side and, and Penn state you're, you're down to your sixth or seventh offensive lineman. Uh, you know, you've got some other guys that uh, banged up at certain spots. Linebacker got thin uh, on Saturday and it's, it's tough to overcome that. And, you're talking about playing at the top echelon of the Big Ten. This isn't talking about uh, somebody filling in and, and going against Indiana or or going against Rutgers or something like that. If you can't replace those guys with uh, suitable um, top-level t- uh, talents, especially yeah. at, at a position like offensive tackle, you're going to pay for it, and that's what they did. And that's unfortunately what happened on Saturday. Yeah, I think that, and that's that's kind of what I mean is that situation, that is what they were trying to avoid. They didn't want to get into obvious passing situations, but throughout the game, they were able to scheme up some really good plays and Sean Clifford delivered the football down the field better than I expected. You know, that situation I thought was going to prevent Penn State from scoring points. Now, it kind of did. You know, they they got to 24, you know, by the fourth quarter. They, they needed more points by the time that the decision you know, it was going to come down and they ultimately land at, uh, at 31 with a garbage time touchdown, but that was kind of the, the game decider right there. So that's, I guess what, when go, circling back to Sean Clifford and his performance in this game, can I, I'm asking you a question. I already know the answer to, but can, can anyone have an objective view of Sean Clifford at this point? And, uh, is, is it causing a problem? I know it's causing a problem for me, but do you think it causes a problem for uh, anyone outside of people who are talking about this outside of the program? Um, I think it could. I mean, you, you I kind of write the same thing after every game in that the defense can only do so much to stay in it when you when you have these mistakes, when you have the three and outs, when you have the turnovers and things like that. And I think that at, although the defense certainly would not say anything, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, it's got to yeah. be frustrating to go out there, play your tail off. I mean, that, that defense was on the field for 10 minutes in the first quarter. Um, solely because of those turnovers and and you know you can only hang in there so often until depth talent speed and and things like that take over in the other direction uh kind of happened against michigan kind of you know definitely happened against ohio state so yes i do think that there is people that matter that are frustrated and and probably a little bit more objective or uh, you know kind of have that Oh, I don't, I don't know how to say, I wish Nate were here for, for the wordsmith aspect of this, but uh, yeah, you, you kind of got to be upset with, with the way that things have gone because it's more of a formula. I mean, it's, it's not the yeah. first time that this has happened and you keep going back to it and it's got to be frustrating. I know fans see the five-star quarterback on the sideline. I think the coaches kind of see it differently in that uh, this is, this is a guy that, uh, you know, really can optimize your offense. And, and, and unfortunately it's just not at that level that it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I noticed, and this is just a, a random aside coming out of this, is a, a lot of the, the run game, especially dried up in the second half because Ohio State realized all of this action for the quarterback is nonsense. He's not going to keep the football. So once again, we're having that conversation of if you got read option in your offense and you're not taking any options like this is this is one of those hidden decisions that Clifford makes. But from from a passing perspective, I thought he was good enough on Saturday. Um Let's talk about some other players that performed well. Uh, I don't want to say that Penn State wasted a Parker Washington breakout game, but that was Parker Washington's breakout game, correct? I mean, that was an impressive display on Saturday. He had a pretty good one last week, so we'll give him that. And and he's been he's been very good at times, but in terms of like 
like I said with JT, alien ball, like Parker Washington was was a different person on Saturday. Yeah. Um, had the conversation in the parking lot before the game. Do you think Parker goes to the pro? And I, nah, he, he hasn't done enough. And that's a position where it's very tough to do that. And then he goes out and does something like that. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's insane to watch, um, a, a performance I don't, wasted is a bad word here, but it's insane yeah. to watch a performance go, go by the wayside like that. And you feel bad for Parker because that's, uh, it's kind of what he's built to do. Um, and it's been phenomenal to watch his development and things like that, but, uh, to, to see that go away so quickly and just you, you kind of forget about it you know you, you talk about the marvin harrison numbers and things like that and that's probably what you'll remember from this game but uh parker washington deserves a hat tip and there's there's other guys out there that certainly deserve a hat tip i thought the secondary in, especially in the first half uh attacking and tackling tackling hasn't been that good for a long long time probably yeah. you know going back to pry and, and maybe even before that attacking screens attacking um one of the best offenses in the country on a, on a, in a situation where you're likely on your heels waiting for them to try and beat you deep. You're coming at them. You're blowing up screens. Cause I is blowing up a third down the third and one. You had guys that were playing passionately and moving forward on the, you know, on, yeah. on the front foot, as they would say uh, defensively. So to, to um, see a performance like that go by the wayside also kind of sucks because they were, they were fired up on Saturday. Yeah, they, they were the more physical team for three quarters of that football game. Is that is that fair to say? Because from the first snap, it seemed like Ohio State was waiting for some, for Penn State to make a mistake. And Penn State kept attacking and kept attacking and kept attacking. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was like you said, it was a, a great performance by that secondary. Um, what changed then? What, what do you think changed where they were doing all of those things? And then suddenly it felt like on the fourth quarter, they were just fully on their heels. I mean, it's so hard to say because you you, you mentioned they're they're on their heels. Those turnovers, those sudden changes, kind of put you in a position where your your back is against the wall. And let's be honest, you're not always going to get that stop, and 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 that's fine. You don't have to get every single stop, but that that I think that's really what it comes away. What, what you come away looking at is they just played. They can only do so much. I think it is what it comes down to, and. They did a great job and, and they're not blameless. Uh, the second half, they definitely let some things get away from them. Um, some of the alignments were questionable, like that fourth down, uh, the, the, you know, throwing the slants and things like that in front of a 10 yard yeah. cushion. You, you don't want to have sort of things like that, but yeah. Um, you know, they, they made it a, a chance, uh, made it a choice to not get beat over top. I think they got beat over top what once. Um, and then there was a pass interference call on, on Joey Porter, which was really an interesting call. Um, yeah. So they didn't let Ohio state get down the field. It's just those things over the middle of the field. Kate Stover was such a big part of what Ohio yeah, you state called that one. Did. I did. I unfortunately I did call that one because he was very tough to bring down. I get that image of Johnny Dixon trying to ride him down and Johnny looks like about half his size. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, you, you can't, uh, I don't, I don't want to say you, you can't blame the defense, but you also can't say that the defense wouldn't like to have a few of those shots back. Yeah. I, th- Diaz had a lot of great schemes in that game and and a lot of what happened in the first half to me was the same thing we'd seen previously against teams that like to run spread and then when he walks up with those uh, pressure packages is the schematic pressure of just literally that number of bodies in the line of scrimmage that creates a situation where the quarterback gets the ball out quickly even if the pressure doesn't get there as the game went on. Ohio State realized that pressure never really got there, and that was a big difference in the game to me was that once they finally braved that storm, 
they were able to get the ball down the field. And then those, those fourth down calls, this is, this is not the first time that they've, they've had that situation with, with that particular alignment. I think that this one is one they need to workshop a little longer, but I did notice on, on my second view of everything that it wasn't as, it wasn't as precarious as I thought it was because they're trying to drop defensive ends underneath those slants, but the tackles were grabbing Adisa Isaac and, and they were grabbing uh, whoever was trying to drop underneath that and preventing them from getting that depth to clog the passing lane. So it it's unfortunate, but it also, when you do it three times, it only works once. Maybe you right. need to move on to a different plan. Right. Uh, sometimes when you're writing those X's and O's, they they move a little bit different than you're expecting on there. And, yeah. and, and that's what you get from it. And, um, you know, I think the pass rush, as you touched on, um, Penn State's not going to get a, a legitimate pass rush with four guys. They've they've found yeah. that. They realize that it happens. You know, that's not not a surprise. They've done some different things. They brought Zane Duran in on the first drive on those third and longs to, to, to play the nose and try and get something off of there. So they have tried some different things, but you, that that has to come from the second level. By the way, I love Abdul Carter rushing the passer. He just he's got a nose for it. He's he's yeah. done a phenomenal job at that. And you know, it's one of those things where, as a true freshman, you just ask him to go. He can do that, and uh, so I think we continue to see that the rest of the year. Um, but you you know that Manny needs to bring second level pressure. You know he's not afraid to bring Johnny Dixon off the edge, and it really worked at the end of the first half there um, for a huge play in the game at the time to force yep. that fumble and end the first half instead of Ohio State getting points. So he's got to be creative, and I and I think that that's great because you want your defensive coordinator to draw up the things that are going to work but at the same time you're sacrificing numbers in the back end and then all of a sudden you've got guys running free especially down the middle of the field because you don't have in, in your middle linebacker you don't have a coverage guy that's going to yeah. make up for that and, and to me that's another part of this that Ohio State finally was able to exploit the thing that I've been worried about for Penn State fans all year long is you know, in this system, there is there's there are checks in man coverage where if your guy is blocking, you now blitz. And what happens if you blitz and they go, psych, this is now a route. And it's, a, a you know, and then Cade Stover is running down the field and breaks three tackles for a touchdown. Like there, there's some backbreakers that happen because of Ohio State finally adjusting, which I didn't think Ryan Day had a great plan on Saturday. No. Like, no, his his offense wasn't very good for most no, of the game. If you, if you follow any Ohio State reporting and and sites like ours on Ohio State's uh, on different networks, you will find the same thing. They were not pleased with Ryan Day's game plan. Ryan Day, um, as Nate pointed out, ecstatic to win this game because it is hard to win football games, especially of this caliber anywhere. Even if you have the best talent, it's hard sometimes. Um, but yeah, that, that was interesting. I was curious your thoughts on the, the adjustments that Penn state made. I mean, I know we, we needled that fourth and, uh, that fourth down call where they went out of the T formation and did the same thing that they've done. By the way, Sal Wormley just got flat out beat on oh, that play and everything rough. else worked perfectly. And it, you, you don't think of that in the heat of the moment, but then in the second half, they or the, in the, I think it was the fourth quarter, they came out in the T formation again motioned everybody wide, sending everybody running around. So they, I mean, there were adjustments that were made. I mean, I think yeah. everybody looks at things that don't work and say adjustments weren't, weren't made. I just want to get your thoughts on Penn State's adjustments, how they try to sort of work around that talent gap. Yeah. Uh, first off, they had a touchdown versus cover zero. Uh, Parker Washington breaks a tackle and they get a touchdown. That was something that they've been asking for for a long time. Right. And uh, those situations, I, the, the one thing I'd say is I, I really wanted to throw out of that formation because everyone's expecting, you know, run to the right, run to the left or a quarterback sneak. But the adjustment to do that and and to space it the way they did. So they, they send the tight ends and a running back 
all the way out uh, to the very edge of the formation. And they, because you know what you have in front of you is five defensive linemen. Like it's the heavy package. So then you get everybody in space. And this is what we've been talking about of make your tight ends legitimate threats because you you bring those guys on the football field and as long as they don't present an actual threat to run or or run a run block or catch these are the situations where they do now you've got i think it was a defensive back on tyler warren so he just wins a jump ball there and then um despite the slant coming to tyler warren i'll be quite (laughs) honest with you of, of all the plays that they were going with i did not see that one coming yeah, that that was a that was a uh, that was it a ballsy a call. For, it broke a tendency for sure. <laughs> yeah, it it certainly did. And then you know, for as much as um as much as it felt like kind of throwing the kitchen sink at Ohio State, I thought the variety of screens was really good because again, a lot of what they did, sixty eight percent of Sean Clifford's passes were under ten yards, mm-hmm. so they were clearly working around that talent gap, and it was working. They asked the receivers to break tackles and make plays with the ball in their hands and they responded until the second half when uh, some of the run game dried up because they brought out a different formation that gave the same balance, but in a different way. And they really, I think worked the zone game, which was an area I saw on film that, that Ohio state has given up a couple of yards and and some plays there. But then once you realize, like I said, once you realize the quarterback is a non-threat to run the football and they can key in on things and they just played better too. Like they just held their gap better. Um, that kind of changed the game in terms of what Penn State was able to do with balance. And yet they responded again with a 13-play odyssey that took them all the way down to the field through two fourth downs and a, uh, and a and two missed field goals to get seven points. So overall, I thought this was a good game by the offense, by, by both coaching staffs on both sides of the football. Um, so that's, not, to me, again, that's not the reason why they lost this game. But if uh, it, if it was to you, and you're angry about that, and uh, it's just adding to a list of things that you want to get off your chest. We're here in the chat to talk to you about Penn State football. Please like the video. If you're listening 20 minutes in, we're talking about Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, you're enjoying the video, so just give the video a like, and that helps us a very long way uh, to help do this and keep coming up with the BWI live shows, the recorded shows, the daily edition, all the stuff we do here. Appreciate that. And I appreciate Rogue Shop, our sponsor of our Monday show. Um, Something I haven't used from Rogue Shop, but I'm interested in are their topicals. It's a great way to combine with tinctures to get a full body effect of uh, inflammation and pain relief. Uh, RogueShop.com, by the way, is a entirely organic cannabis distributor in Wisconsin. They are a local um, and family-owned business. If you go to their shop, RogueShop.com, uh, and you use you use the little chat function, they actually answer. And it's actually Char, the owner of Rogue Shop. So if you want to get any information, if you're new to stuff like this, uh, they're there to help you out, and they are very helpful. Don't just go, though. Use promo code BWI for 10% off your first purchase at Rogue Shop. So like I was talking about the uh, the tinctures and the topicals, two different ways that you can, you can fight uh, inflammation and pain relief. So if you've got uh, knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, the topicals, you rub it on. And then if you take the tincture, inflammation is a huge cause of a lot of pain and problems in the body. And cannabis is a natural way to fight inflammation. And if you want to get off painkillers, which are, you know, 
they are some of the most dangerous things that you can take, but they are one of the most widely prescribed things. So if you want to have a chance to live a better life and not rely on painkillers to do that, rogueshop.com, that's a thing they're very passionate about. Uh, Richard, who is uh, the owner of Rogue Shop, he is a former veteran. He is a disabled veteran. So helping people with pain is a a life mission for him. So again, rogueshop.com, use promo code BWI for 10% off. They've got a bunch of stuff that we can't cover all of it here on the show. So go check it out on their website, rogueshop.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, This game, from a kind of a, a broad view, it fits into the narrative, like we talked about at the beginning, of Penn State versus Ohio State fourth quarter give up a lead this is another place where james franklin detractors are going to point to owen 10 or whatever it is versus top 10 teams and all of these narratives continue do you feel that that's a fair assessment of how this game went and um the main question i want to ask you here is what people have asked me how do you close the gap and that's not a question i can answer Right. That's not something that comes from analysis and from film study. It's a very a broad thing that I think you might be better suited to answer. So do you have an answer for that? I mean, it is a talent acquisition business right now. College football. Um, it's so tough to overcome some of that stuff sometimes. And I think that's really what you saw. I, as we said, I think Penn State out schemed and uh, out coached is probably something we throw out there way too much. Um, yeah. but did a really, really nice job. And, and it wasn't a situation where Penn state, you know, you look back to 2017, Penn state had the big lead and coughed it up and, and things like that. I mean, this was a back and forth game all the way and they were right there with them and it just got away. So I, I get it, but I don't, I, I don't see that, uh, sort of, um, condemnation of of james franklin and this is another one of those string of losses i think this one was very different um especially when you were trying to overcome that you're trying to overcome cj stroud um those guys just the the cream bubble sometimes i mean it just comes yeah. to the top sometimes and, and they did that very much on, on the last nine minutes of that performance and guys like marvin harrison jr just going out and, and making those otherworldly plays um, and it, it's just it's so tough to overcome that when you are the short-sighted side i mean it's like it's like a power play in hockey. You know, it's eventually you can do everything right. And eventually you find yourself in the wrong numbers and, and it's a two on one and, and you're out of luck. So I think that that's kind of how I view it. And it's unfortunate to um, the change in expectation uh, when you get into the third quarter or the fourth quarter and you're one or two points off and you shouldn't be there. I mean, you're 15 and a half point underdog. You shouldn't yeah. be there by the, by the spread and things like that. You change your expectations for the rest of the game. And then it goes like that. And uh, I think that's unfortunate to, uh, to, to sort of measure that out. And you kind of forget about those 51 minutes and, and you pull out the microscope and you look at the nine minutes, but that's, that, I mean, that's the difference right there. I mean, that's yeah. those nine minutes are the difference between Penn state and Ohio state. Penn state has played Ohio state extremely well over the years and they just haven't come to show for it. And, those nine minutes are why. And I think that it's it's a bigger picture problem and that everything is James Franklin's responsibility. And and yeah. that that's what it comes down to. It's like 
it's like looking at this offense and this offense struggle. Well, there's there's only two people that touch the ball on every single play, so Clifford's going to get the brunt of the uh, the criticism, whether it's warranted or not. James Juice has drugs. It. It's all his yeah. fault. Yes, <laughs> I haven't heard too many people calling for Juice Scruggs head uh, for a while, quite literally. It's Halloween, but uh, no. But looking at uh, looking at James Franklin, I mean that that ultimately falls as his responsibility. So he's certainly not scot free. But I don't think the decisions that he made coaching and and things that he talks about from from press conference to press conference from week to week are what lost them this game. I just, you know, you, you sometimes got to tip your hat and that's not, that's not what fans do. That's not what yeah. they're there for. That's not something that they are able to do, but Ohio state just came up and, and they were Ohio state. It, it, yeah. it happens sometimes. And I think that's really um, there's, there, there's no moral victories or anything like that, but Penn state, um, you know, hung with them for a while and that's just didn't get the outcome. You didn't get the bounce. You've got to, uh, a guy playing defensive end that should not make those interceptions, but does and, and, and little things like that. And going back to it, like I said, they're, they're going to kick themselves for some of this, some of the mistakes that they made, you know, kicking the ball out of bounds, just like yeah. little execution yeah. things. Um, you know, we're, we're big on the execution level of it. When you call a game that well, and you come out on the short end, you're going to question a lot of things. But I, I think you're in a situation where if you're Penn state, those little mistakes are the difference, but that's also kind of a good thing because you, you know, that was not it against yeah. Michigan. You were not two plays away from you weren't beating Michigan. At all. You weren't close on that one. So you, you take some of that and, and you go with it still plenty to play for 10 and two. I think this game, this loss gets them a new year's six bid. And as crazy mm -hmm. as that sounds, you played Ohio state. I mean, it's quality loss. You hate to say it. It's a quality loss, but it, it gets you a chance if you're 10 and two, a very good chance if you're 10 and two to play in one of those New Year's six games. And I know that's not the the goal for everyone, but as we go back to the preseason um, expectations, you're looking at a nine and three football team. So they, can eat, they, they can't let this one kill them. Just talking from people in the program, I think that's going to be the emph emphasis. Indiana is not a team that should give you a ton of trouble, but I mean, Penn State has come off of losses, losses to Ohio State before and yeah. and lost to teams that uh, that they shouldn't have. So that's the big thing is taking away from this is how do you turn this into forget about last week and, and move on? Because you've got four games ahead of you, um, two that you should be heavy favorites, two that, uh, you know, you've got at home. I mean, you should be heavy favorites on the road against Indiana and Rutgers and then two on the uh, at home where Maryland can you're not sure which Maryland team is going to show up. And you could probably yeah. say the same about Michigan state as well. So every opportunity is there in front of you and you've got an opportunity to close out uh, and be a double digit win season. And I know that that's not, when you look back on it, you say 10 and two with losses to Michigan and, and Ohio state. That's not what you want. That's not what anybody in that building wants. That's not what the fans want. That's not what, what anything, uh, uh, that's not really what's, what's going to work for people. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, a 10 win season's awful difficult to pass up, especially after the last couple of years. Right. Uh, there's there's a lot of that 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 I want to dig into. And I think that the this is the this is the place I'm struggling with myself is coming out of the game. You you coached a hell of a game. You executed across the board most of the time. But the talent gap was evident at the end of the game. I think we've we've chronicled that pretty clearly. So how do you feel about that? One hand. It feels like you're close. On the other hand, feels like in one of the, maybe the most important part, you are not quite close to Ohio State. So on the balance of the scales, how do you feel about Penn State and their positioning coming out of this game? 
Well, it's unfortunate because you get Ohio State at home once every two years. You, I mean, you've gone out and played <laughs> right. tough against Ohio State in, at the horseshoe. So it's not a situation where you're going to change. It's not you don't get home and home like, uh, you know, two games. You don't get two shots. This is not baseball, things like that. Um, so you're going to feel like next year you're probably going to be in the same situation because Ohio State's not going away anytime soon. You you hope that you can retool and 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 maybe the transfer portal will help. But it's this is not the NFL. You can't sign a splash free agent <laughs> you can't sign a splash free agent in that sense of the word where you go out and, tar- right. and target that guy um but uh yeah it, it's tough because you you only get this this crack at them every two years and as defeatist as that sounds it's it's really been the um it's been the 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 reality for for penn state versus ohio state so you feel like you can play with those guys and and the season is kind of like the the game on Saturday. You 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 started with low expectation. A lot of people eight and four, nine and three, whatever. Then all of a sudden you start running up games, and then you lose at Michigan State. Your your expectations go up and down and up and down. And now you're sitting at six and two and feeling pretty okay coming out of that game. So your expectations yeah. are high. So I, I I don't know how quite to answer the question. How close are you? Because it is a talent thing. It is an everything thing. I mean, I, I pulled up today the the salaries for Ohio State's coaches. I mean, Brian Hartline makes nine hundred fifty grand a year. I mean, for as a wide receivers coach, yeah, that's pretty insane uh, when you think about. It. And they've got Larry's over a million. You got uh, other guys that are on that staff that are over a million dollars. That investment is not going away at Ohio State, and you're just trying to close that gap. But at the same time, you're trying to close that gap. Ohio State's speeding ahead, so yeah. it's very very tough to make up that ground. And unfortunately, the the best way to do that is five years in the past in 2017 when you've got a 14 point lead or a 13 point lead in 2018 when you're playing close. So um, a lot of things that you can't change about that. So it, it, it's it's a very interesting discussion. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, it probably take a down year for Penn State to, to make up any sort of uh, ground. But I go back to the same thing. Quarterback is so important. If you've got yeah. the guy that you hope you've got in Drawler, then that can make up for a lot of things. This is the, this is the hard part. Cause I, I agree. And some foundational things, the offense took a step forward against a tough opponent and they played well. So to me, that says we've got the right offensive coordinator. And I know that the result, you know, in a results-based business, people are going to say that that's not true. Same thing with Diaz and some of the third down calls. And they're going to point to those things. But if to me, when you look at the whole picture of what happened on Saturday, Penn state, was in the game because they were making smart decisions from top to bottom. So to me, the foundational pieces are still there, which after the last couple of years, I think a lot of fans, and and I'll be honest, I was questioning whether or not they had the foundational pieces. If James Franklin was learning the wrong lessons from some of the things that have happened over the last two years. So to me, this game felt like even, you know, a quality loss, moral victory, however you want to categorize it. I saw things that, point them in the right direction outside of the talent. So to me, I think they're back on track to where they were pre-COVID, you know, 2019. Do you feel that way? Or is there still, the the landscape has changed so much because of NIL and the transfer portal that, you know, trajectory doesn't matter anymore. Trajectory probably doesn't matter as much. I think Michigan State's a good example of this, how they were just all over the map and then they seem to be back down leaning on the transfer portal is not going to get you where you need to be. It's got to be player development. And I think that's where if you look and and we follow Penn state's roster closer than anybody, and it's really tough to, so 
Ohio State loses, uh, say Paris can't or Paris Johnson goes to the NFL. They, they've got a guy to step in, or you know, they've got a guy that they have time. They're afforded the time to develop. Yep. Chano goes to the league in from Penn State. You're all of a sudden saying, "I got to get somebody from the portal." Uh, I hope Drew Shelton is over 300 pounds by next year, and he's a redshirt freshman and things like that. So yeah. that's where I'm looking at the difference. Not so much. Um, top level talent. Cause there are guys that I think Penn state showed that there were guys on that roster that could start at Ohio state. And that's always the conversation we had, how many of Penn state starters could start at Ohio state. Um, and I think it was more than we probably thought it was. Um, but how many backups, um, you know, you lose, you lose one guy who steps in, um, especially along that offensive line at offensive tackle. And, and it showed up on Saturday, unfortunately. So that's the question that I have when you're building this roster, been a lot of misses and uh, especially on that offensive line. I do like the direction that Phil Troutline has gone. They're getting bigger. They're getting more athletic in spots. They're getting better, uh, better recruits. But at the same time, that's a three-year process and that's really tough to, to, to say so. And it's such a big part of it, especially when you've got a five-star quarterback that's not as mobile and you're trying to keep clean. So it's, it's a process at every position. And unfortunately for, for a guy like Olu, those offensive tackles, develop late and they leave early because they're so coveted at the next level. And that's really, that's where it kills you on guys like that, where you didn't, I don't want to say didn't get the most out of them. You know, if he does indeed test the waters, if you didn't get the most out of them, it's, it's tough because last year he, he could have come in and stayed in front of the other guy. And that was pretty much it. He was not this player last year. It wasn't even close to this player last year. Then he did some offseason developing, did a great job. I think Phil Troutline's done a uh, fantastic job with him, and then you might get one year out of him. It's kind of like with K.J. Handler. You only got a a limited amount of time with him. Mike Parsons, different situation, but only get a limited amount of time with him. Penn State does not have the glut of talent that Ohio State has where even if you do get a limited time out of someone, you can replace him and, and maybe not feel the sting of it so much. Yeah, we were talking before uh, the game with some of our uh, our coworkers over at Letterman Row here on the show uh, that Zach Harrison, a five star, finally figuring it out in year four, and it's like that. the The expectation there is a three and gone for most of their five star talents, so that's how that whole situation is set up. Uh, interesting with Olu, and you're, and you're right. I had the same conversation with a friend earlier today. Is like. What's the situation with the offensive line? It's, uh, Drew Shelton, Vegiwane, great. If you could play those guys with Ola Fashano and Landon Tengwall, that's great. But you're not guaranteed that any of these guys are going to play together because you're getting one or two and you're not stacking players to develop and all those things. But uh, I'll be interested in Olu's decision because his run blocking is very different than his pass protecting. But pass pros where you make the money. Any last thoughts here on uh, the show? Sean Fitz, publisher from Blue White Illustrated with us here on the BWI Daily Edition. Anything last thoughts out of this game heading into the next one? Not particularly. Like I said, don't feel horrible about about it considering the opponents. Just I think the expect the change in expectations is really what gets people. And then all of a sudden you're hopeful for a win going into the fourth quarter and then that happens and it's a very different scenario we were talking about this season potentially collapsing a couple of weeks ago after the Michigan game. I don't think yep. we're having that conversation right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Penn state reacts to uh, this Indiana game. Tom Allen is never an easy play for Sean Clifford. Cause he does all the things that Sean Clifford is bad at doing. So I'm excited to dive into the film and see what they've got going on at Indiana. We'll have all that this week on the, the blue white illustrated daily edition. And of course, blue white like the video if you're listening on our podcast please download subscribe rate review 
Uh, we are a rocket ship. Please be the fuel to our rocket ship because we can't do this without you. Coming up tomorrow, this man here is going to be breaking down all of the recruiting information with Ryan Snyder on the BWI Daily Edition Recruiting Show. Stay tuned for that because, like we just said, it's a talent acquisition business. And they're going to talk all about that tomorrow on the BWI Daily. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.